Today we're beginning a new series about the Lord's Prayer. We're wanting to learn what Jesus taught us about how to pray. Now, many people call it the Lord's Prayer, but actually, many Bible teachers make the case that it should be called the Disciples' Prayer, or it should be called the Model Prayer, because actually, the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, was given to the followers of Christ as an example from Jesus of how we're to come to God in prayer. Really, and in fact, in Luke chapter 11, verse 2, there's a parallel passage to what we're going to look at today. In Luke 11, verse 2, it actually shows that the disciples had said to Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. We don't know. Have you ever felt that way before? I don't know how to talk to God. Amen? Whether it's intimidation or whether it's a lack of experience or whatever it might be, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I suppose that as a model, the Lord's Prayer, if it's a model, it could be repeated word for word from time to time as a prayer that we would pray to God. But that doesn't appear to be the reason that Jesus gave this prayer. He didn't give it as just something for us to memorize and just something for us over and over to recite without thinking about it. In fact, if you think about that, if you just took the Lord's Prayer and if you just recited the words word for word, time after time, and some people even do it two, three, four times at a time, if you just did that, it could actually lose its meaning, couldn't it? If you just repeated it without thinking about it over and over again. If you really want to call something the Lord's Prayer, many people have said maybe to turn over to John chapter 17. Because in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying to the Father and he's praying about us. He's praying for us as his followers. So that that would probably be the best prayer to call the Lord's Prayer. But since most people know it as the Lord's Prayer, that's what we're going to call it in this series. And we're definitely going to try to see, you know what? Jesus gave us this prayer for a reason, didn't he? He wants us to learn some things about prayer. So here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to back up just a few verses because Jesus had started with some teaching right before the actual words of the Lord's Prayer. He had started with some important teaching that led up to the prayer, and I think that will be important to us as well as far as learning about the Lord's Prayer. And the first thing that we want to draw out of those verses is that Jesus told us He wants us to pray regularly. Let's look at uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus says... uh, He says, uh, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you that they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who is in secret, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The first thing in that verse is Jesus says, When you pray. As followers of Christ, God expects us to pray. It's not if you pray. What does he say? He says when you pray. Now, it doesn't specifically mention it in these verses, but there are plenty of other verses in the Bible that develop a little bit more what God expects the frequency of our prayer life to be like. Write down Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. In that passage, it tells us in Daniel 6.10 that Daniel regularly prayed and gave thanks to God. Anybody know? Three times a day. 
That's what Daniel 6, verse 10 says. In Psalm 55, verses 16 and 17, David says that he had chosen as a follower of God, as one who loved the Lord and walked with him, David said, I've, I've chosen to pray morning, noon, and night. And I'm actually assuming that Daniel probably followed that saying. If he prayed three times a day, don't you think... Um, that he probably prayed in the morning, he probably prayed about midday, and he probably prayed at night. Now, I don't really believe, now be careful, because sometimes when we read things like that, I don't believe that God is being proscriptive there. I don't think he's saying, this is exactly how your prayer life should be. You should pray at 9 o'clock, you should pray at noon, you should pray at 3 o'clock. Many times, as people... We want to kind of put things in those kind of categories because it makes it easy for us. Okay, God, just tell me when. I'm supposed to pray three times a day. What time? I'm supposed to pray at nine. I'm supposed to pray at noon. Okay, God, I'll fulfill your requirement. Isn't that the approach we take sometimes? But I don't believe that's what the Lord's saying. I believe it's being descriptive. They're not exact times that God is calling us to pray, but he's showing us when you are a godly person, when you are seeking God in your life, Godly people have chosen to spend a lot of time with God. Amen? Is that fair enough? We're to pray regularly. Actually, there's a verse in in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that tells us how much we should pray. You know what it says? It says, pray without ceasing. It could actually be translated, never stop praying. Or it could be translated, continually pray. It's a command. God tells us, don't ever stop praying. Now, somebody says, well, well, if I did that, I couldn't work. If I did that, I, you know, I couldn't talk to anybody else. What does it mean? Never stop praying. I believe what the Lord is saying to us is we should keep the lines of communication open with God all day long. Every moment, every minute, every minute, every minute, Every second that we should be in constant communication with God. Another way of putting it is found in Galatians 5.16. In Galatians 5.16, it says that we're to walk in the Spirit. And that word walk just means we're to live our life. We're to live our life in a constant state of walking in and with and by the Spirit of God. So let me ask you, do you pray regularly? I mean, we hear that and we say, that's right. That's right, we as Christians, in our head, we should pray. But I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be in my head, but it hadn't quite gotten to my life yet, amen? Do you pray regularly? Do you talk to the Lord all throughout the day? Do you see the relationship emphasis that God has? God loves us, and He wants us to have a daily, ongoing relationship with him now maybe you're just starting in your walk with god maybe you should make this one of your first goals in your relationship with the lord in fact i remember when i first started out in my walk with the lord i remember i would pray in the morning i would wake up i would think you know what i need to talk to god and then i would go throughout the day and then i would get home at night and i would pray at night and i would think to myself and i would come to church you know the pastor would challenge and i'd be in different groups and studying god's word and i'd be challenged that i should pray more often But I remember a time in my life when I first started walking the Lord where I forgot to talk to God during the day. Anybody else relate to that? I would say prayers in the morning. I'd forget about God all day. And I don't mean to say it that way. I wasn't forgetting about God. I just didn't think about God. It was new to my life to apply 
his truth and a relationship with him all throughout my day. And so I get to the end of the day and I'd say, oh, man, Lord, I did it again. I prayed this morning. I didn't really talk to you throughout the day. And here I am praying again at the end of the day. You know what started happening? More and more as I prayed about that, more and more as I paid attention to that, you know what happened? Instead of waiting until bedtime, guess what? Before long, I started remembering about supper time. You know what? I need to talk to God. And before long, I started remembering about midday. You know what? I need to be talking to God. And before long, I started right after my time with him in the morning, I started thinking, you know what? I need to carry him with me to work and to school and to the different things that I'm involved in. And you know what? Before long, it just begins to be a relationship where you're just talking with him day by day, moment by moment, talking with the Lord. God's word says, and in fact, we might could say instead of pray regularly, we might say God's word says pray constantly. Amen? Constantly, never stop being in a spirit of prayer, in an attitude of prayer. I, I, I hesitate to even say a spirit of prayer, attitude of prayer, because that makes it just like an aura around us. No, never stop praying. Never get out of the state, the condition of keeping the communication open with God. Second thing he says in these verses is that we should pray sincerely. He says, when you pray, and we saw the Bible says we should pray without ceasing. He says, but when you pray, you are not, here's what you're not to do, you're not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. Why? Why do they do that? Well, here's the purpose. So that they may be seen by men. Truly, Jesus says, absolutely, you can take this to the bank. He actually uses the word amen. He says, amen, I say to you, they have their reward in full. Jesus says, when we pray, we're not to be like hypocrites. You know, actually, the word that he used there was the Greek word for an actor. What he was saying, and it actually wasn't a negative term at the time. In the Greek, in the first century, the word hypocrite that he used was not a negative. Now, we think of it now. I don't want to be a hypocrite, right? Okay? And we understand from Jesus' teaching that it's not good to be a hypocrite. But let's don't miss the meaning of what he's saying. He said, don't be like the actors. That was the word that they used for a Greek actor. Jesus says, don't be like the actors. What's another way we could say it? Don't be a pretender, right? Jesus says, don't be like them. Don't be pretending when you pray. Don't be acting. Now, why did he say that? He, he said, well, apparently there were some people who would get up in the worship services. And at that point, it was in the synagogue. And the, the rabbi, my understanding is that the rabbi sometimes would call on people to pray. Or there were other people that would very visibly in town and I'm not sure exactly why my understanding is, is that some of the very devout Jewish people did like we see the Muslims do today. Many times they'll stop at certain times and probably based on that Psalm 55, like David said, probably based on that, they developed a tradition that, you know, you stop at night, you know, you stop in the morning, you stop at noon, you stop at night. And so many of them had gotten in the habit of it. Certain times of day, they were going to pray. Now, it's not a bad thing to make a commitment that at certain times of day, I'm going to pray, is it? But if I make a commitment that at certain times of day, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord, and oh, it just happens to be while I'm out uh, in the middle of everybody, and, and that's not necessarily the bad thing. The bad thing was I wanted to do that. In fact, I made it work out where I would be with you during my normal time of prayer so that you would see me and you would say, 
Oh, how spiritual Robbie is. Jesus says, don't do that. Don't be like that. Have you ever seen somebody pretend in prayer? Now, we need to be very careful because we can't judge the intents and motives of people's hearts. But I can tell you, I've been in church before where people have stood up and said a prayer and then afterward they were using their mouth a lot different than prayer. Amen? Okay? So apparently Jesus says it's a trap that we can fall into. We can pray beautiful prayers in front of everybody else, but then when everybody else is gone, we're not really sincerely walking with God. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you this. You can guarantee that person got just what they wanted and nothing else. That's what he says. They wanted to be seen. Congratulations. You got seen. That's what he says. You got your reward. You wanted people to applaud. You wanted people to think you were spiritual. But he says you're not getting anything. He actually, the way he puts it here, he says their reward is in full. Their balance is paid completely up. He says they got all they're going to get out of that prayer. Basically, it was a wasted prayer. Except for the purpose of appearing spiritual to other people. Now, ladies, let me ask you a question. What if your husband was home all day, but he paid no attention to you? Okay? And then some friends came over, especially some friends from church. And then when your friends from church came over, he's helping you out. He's calling you honey. And when you sit down on the couch, he reaches over and grabs your hand and just has that sweet look in his eye. What are you saying, ladies? I don't think so, buddy. Right? That's, that's what Jesus is saying. He says, I want you, when you pray, I want you to be sincere. I want you to truly be desiring to meet with me, to talk with me, because you love me, because you want a relationship with me, because you want to spend time with me. Now, I don't want to be extreme about this. It's not saying, and some Christians do this, they'll say, and you back up here, Jesus is talking about uh, giving. He's talking about some other aspects of worship. Some people have taken that so extreme that that means nobody can see me pray. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying if somebody sees you pray, it doesn't count. Okay? I hope not, because I was just standing here praying, and and you guys were a part of that, right? You saw me pray. Hopefully, you were participating in the prayer. But if somebody sees me pray, that's, that's not what Jesus is saying. What he's saying is, if I pray for the purpose of being seen, then that was a waste. Now, the public aspect is obviously the main application here. But I don't know about you, but I can also, I can pull off pretending privately, too. How about you? And I think God would want to challenge us about that. Sometimes when we're just spending time with God, we're fooling ourselves and we think we're fooling him, aren't we? You know, I think the principle applies to that situation too. We're not fooling God. God is challenging us when when we're talking about prayer here. When I come to God, I need to sincerely, honestly desire to meet with the Lord, to talk with him, to be real, to be genuine, to be honest, to be the true me, to not be a faker. Jesus says, When you pray, you should be sincere in your heart. And then he says, we should pray privately. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, Jesus says, in contrast with all that 
pretend so that everybody can see me stuff. He says, when you, my followers, when you pray, go into your secret place. Now, that word that he used for secret place, it means like an inner room in a house. It could be a storeroom. It could be a bedroom. It could be a closet. Basically, what Jesus was saying, you go somewhere that is not as public. Okay? You go somewhere where you can be private. If you're really serious about prayer, find a place where you and God can be alone. Now, is Jesus forbidding all public prayer? Is he saying that it is, it, is, it is not permissible for us to pray together? Somebody said, if, if that's the case, then the early church didn't understand the Lord very well. Because you read about the early church, the early church gathered together for group-wide prayer meetings. They got together, they said, listen, you know, certainly you can pray by yourself, we know that, right? We have, through Christ, we have instant access, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, amazingly, I can come into the throne room of God by myself. It's amazing. But that doesn't mean that there can't be times when we get together. In fact, there are many verses this show that describe public corporate prayer. Now, wouldn't that make sense? If we love the Lord and we love one another, wouldn't we get together for corporate prayer? Wouldn't I get together with my family for family devotion sometimes? I love God. We're trying to honor Him. We get together, pray together. We do that as a group, certainly. Maybe the balance is found in what somebody else said. This is what they said. Listen to this. He who is much in private prayer will be short in public prayer. And I think there's probably a lot of reasons for saying that. Another another person said this. The person who prays more in public than in private reveals that he is less interested in God's approval than in human praise. Ouch. That one challenges me, because I pray a lot in public, and I need to be challenged. Robbie, do you spend as much or more time talking to God on your own as you do in the midst of other people? Does that challenge you? I have to ask myself, God, I hope that's not what I'm doing. So it's not that we can't have public prayers, but we should be very careful about why we're praying them, and we should put a lot more emphasis on our private prayers. Now, in light of that, think about this question for me. Do you have a special place where you and God can be alone on a a regular basis? Do you? Do you have a place that's set aside? Now, I hear a lot of believers, they'll say this. They'll say, you know what, Pastor? I don't have a specific time where I sit down with God, per se, but I talk to Him all throughout the day. Is that a good thing? Well, talking to Him throughout the day is a good thing. We just said that, didn't we? The Bible says you should never stop praying. But that doesn't mean that's the only thing you do. In fact, I think that's part of the challenge of what Jesus is giving us in this verse. Think about it this way. If you were in marriage counseling and I said to you, do you talk to your wife? And you say, well, sure I do. On the way to the kids' soccer games, as I'm leaving for work, all throughout the day we talk to each other. Well, that's good, right? But is that enough? Is it enough to talk to somebody that you truly care about, that you want to know deeply? Is it enough to talk to them in passing throughout the day? 
So yeah, it's good to text your wife. It's good to call her throughout the day. I would highly encourage it, man. Okay, it's good. All, the, all those things are wonderful. But there ought to be special times where you go on dates or you, you stay up after the kids are, are in bed and you spend some time really talking to each other. Amen? I think that's what Jesus is saying. We need a time, we need a place where we can be alone with God. Talking to the Lord all throughout the day is good. And, and like I shared earlier, that could be great progress. You say, you know, I've never talked to God, and now I'm talking to Him all throughout the day, but it needs to go further. Let me give you some reasons why. Why do I need to get alone with God on a daily basis? First of all, priority. God deserves a daily appointment. Amen? Who gets that? Who gets, in your life, who gets a daily appointment? Exactly. Not many, right? Not many people can say they have your attention on some level every single day. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. When you give God the priority in your life. If you want to hear from God, you've got to make a decision. I am not going to half-heartedly Seek the Lord. I'm going to make God a priority. And I'm going to get along with Him sometime every day. Second reason is for clarity. We need to get along with God every day because we need clarity. There is so much that God wants to say to us. But we have so much going on that many times we just don't hear it, do we? We need a time. You know the Bible says in 1 Kings 19 verse 12, How did God speak to Elijah? He spoke to him in a still, small, quiet voice. For many of us, if God ever spoke to us like that, it would be drowned out with a lot of other noise, wouldn't it? We have so much going on around us. And living in America today with all of our technology, I mean, you can hardly sit still in this service without feeling the vibrate on your phone. Amen? We need some time where we can just get along with God and get that clarity of His voice speaking to us without all those other distractions. The third reason is for depth. No doubt we can have a sweet relationship with God all throughout the day, but it will not get very deep like that. Throughout the day is mostly small talk, isn't it? Throughout the day is mostly 911 prayers. I mean, thank the Lord, I'm driving along, I see someone, uh, you know, that's maybe arguing in the car. What do I do? Lord, I pray that you'd help that husband, that wife. I pray that you'd help their relationship. That's good, isn't it? I see an ambulance go by. Lord, I just pray for those people in that ambulance. That's great. That's wonderful. I encourage you to do those kind of things. But that's kind of small talk, isn't it? Or that's 911 or that's surface stuff. If I'm going to get some depth in my relationship with God, if I'm going to hear that, that stuff that so much more that God wants to speak to me, I've got to be still long enough for him to do it. Friends, listen to me. There are some things that God wants to do in your life and my life that take time. Okay, all you Americans out there, let's just take a deep breath. And you feel guilty about that, don't you? (laughs) I'm supposed to be running. I'm supposed to be doing something. So God... Hurry up and change me, because i got to go. Is anybody feeling my pain? I can talk about this stuff, because I know what it's like. 
Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still. Be still. And no, actually it can be translated, cease from your striving. And know that I am God. You almost hear a thunderclap behind that, don't you? Boom. Be still, Robbie. Do you know who I am? The fourth thing is survival. You know, I said there's not many things that get on your daily list. But there are a few. I eat pretty much every day. Actually, more than once. (laughs) I sleep. I bathe. I take care of myself. Survival kinds of things, right? Survival kinds of things happen. They go on my list every day. Friends, I believe the Lord would challenge us. That is how we need to see our time with Him. This is survival. I cannot make it without Almighty God. Do you believe that? The Bible says in John 15, verse 5, without Him I can do nothing. Do you believe that? You know what? Some Christians mess that up. They say, they say, without Him I can do nothing, in parentheses, of any real value. No. No. Without Him, you can do nothing. Without Him, your heart would not be beating right now. Without Him, you would not have breath in your lungs. Do you understand? Without Him, the sun would get too close to the earth. Without Him, I could not survive. Without Him, I can do nothing. Matthew 4, verse 4 says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. What is that saying? Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Whether I realize it or not, I am desperate for God to say something into my life. And what God, I believe, would challenge us with is, will you and I recognize, oh my goodness, I don't feel that desperate. Amen? But I should. I don't, but I should. And God, I want to. We don't need to see spending time with the Lord as another thing to add to our list. It should be getting ready for the day. I should be afraid to see people before I've seen God. I get nervous. I'm not ready to meet with anybody. I talk to people about spiritual things. and I am not ready to help anybody with anything. Amen? And so what I do is I open up my Bible. I read God's Word. I pray on it. I chew on it for myself. And many times I'll open up my daily, my, my calendar, and I'll pray through that. I'll say, okay, God, here's what we're going to do today. Or at least here's what I think we're going to do today. Here's what's kind of been planned. Okay, so I pray for meeting with this person, and I pray for that, to you know, this thing that's going to happen. And you just begin to say, Lord, I cannot do this day without you. Do you feel that way? The Bible says we should pray to the Lord regularly. We should pray to Him sincerely. And we should pray to Him privately. Does that describe your prayer life? We're going to talk about some more things in the coming weeks. But let's just spend some time here as we kind of close out tonight. I want you just to ask the Lord, are you spending a daily time with God every day? Have you developed that intimate relationship with Him where all throughout your day, 
when you meet with people, when you go to work, when you make that appointment, whatever it is, when you make that decision, have you just learned, I'm not going to refinance the house. I'm not going to buy that car. I'm not going to meet with my dad about this thing that's going on in our family. I'm not going to do that until I first spend some time with my Lord. Amen? Have you fallen into the trap of people-pleasing? It's easy to do, isn't it? You know why it's easy to do? Because I can see you, but I can't see God. And it makes me feel good when I made somebody happy or somebody, you know, claps, right? But we've got to be careful, even in our worship. Do I lift my hands to the Lord because I want you to see me? Or do I lift my hands to the Lord because I love God with all my heart? Amen? Do I serve Him? Do I do the things that I do? Even prayer. In my growth group, do I pray because... I love the Lord and I want to talk to Him with others. Or do I pray because I kind of like it that somebody says, oh, you pray such beautiful prayers. Actually, when somebody tells me you pray such whatever, that makes me nervous. Amen? You know what's the most beautiful prayer I think I've ever heard? When New Hope was just getting started, this guy who who had just become a Christian had us over for a prayer meeting. He just wanted to open up his home. He said, I don't know how to do this prayer thing, but if y'all want to have it here, you can have it at my house. Towards the end of our prayer time, he said, God, uh, I don't even have my eyes closed like the rest of these people. And I'm not even sure what to say to you, but I really am thankful for what you're doing in my life. Even to this day, that melts my heart. He got it, amen? He just loved the Lord. It wasn't for anybody else. Do you pray privately? Have you made God a priority in your life? Hey, I want to be careful about something, especially if you've been a Christian for a while. Sometimes those kind of things come across as guilt. (sighs) I should start a personal time with the Lord. I know, I know, Pastor Robbie. I know, you're just reminding me. I'm struggling with this. That's not what it should be. Okay? What it should be is, God, thank you for reminding me. Thank you for affirming what I've been sensing is true. I need to make you a priority. And God, I can't do it. I make resolutions and they don't happen. Amen? (laughs) I make commitments. God, if I'm going to have a daily time with you, you're going to have to show me how to do it. Amen? Would you say that to him tonight? God, I want to spend time with you. I need to spend time with you but you're going to have to help me. And maybe you're here tonight and you don't even know the Lord. You know what today? He wants you to. You know how it starts? It starts with a prayer. It starts by by just communicating with Almighty God and saying, God, I know that I need you. I believe what Pastor Robbie shared. And I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you to forgive me. You need to come into my life. I need to spend time with you. I need to have a relationship with you. I don't have that tonight. I trust you. I believe. I give my life to you. Please come into my life. That's the very first prayer. Amen? God, just come into my life and be my Savior. Maybe that's what you need to do tonight. Let's bow before him for just a moment as we close out tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of prayer. And Lord, tonight we realize that you paid the highest price 
so that we could have the privilege of communication with you. Lord, many of us have never heard that. We never knew that God was open to us. And I pray tonight that it would just totally transform someone's view of God, that you want to be that intimate with us. And Lord, I pray that if there is someone here that's never trusted Jesus as their Savior, that tonight they would say, Jesus, please come into my life and save me. I want to accept you into my life and give my heart to you. Lord, I know as Christians, many of us are not walking as closely with you as we should. I pray that that would not be guilt and condemnation tonight because that's only from the enemy. But I pray that it would be a challenge. That, Lord, if we're not walking as closely to you as you desire for us to, that you are calling us, you're drawing us into close relationship. We are missing out on the blessings of being close to our Heavenly Father. It's making an impact on our life. It's hurting us and may even be hurting others. And tonight, I pray that someone would just see you waving them forward, calling them out to take that next step in their walk with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. At the end of our service, we like to give a time where we consider what God said to us and let Him work in our hearts. You know what? That can be private, just like we said tonight. It can be just you and God. In your heart, you talking to Him as we sing. You can sing the song to Him as a prayer to Him. You could stay in your seat or be standing and close your eyes and just talk to God personally. But you know what? Some things need to be public. And maybe tonight you need to go public. Maybe tonight you need to let us know. God's put on your heart to let the world know. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I just accepted him as my Savior. Will you pray for me? Wouldn't that be great? We would rejoice tonight with someone. If you've made that decision, why don't you come share that with me? If you want to share it with everyone else, we will. If you don't, we'll wait. If you need to pray with somebody, thank God for the privilege of praying for one another. The Bible talks about intercession. Sometimes I need somebody else to pray for me because I don't know how to pray, amen? God, just help me. I don't know what to do. We're giving you that opportunity tonight. We want to help you. So if you want to come forward and pray with me, if you want, you know what, sometimes people just come down front and kneel and pray. Again, not for show, but because sometimes I need to make a move, don't I? visibly, physically, symbolically tonight, saying to God, it's not between just me and you, God, because I know I'll slack. If it's just me and you, I want other people to know. Or I want to make a move with my life, and I want to show that visibly by coming forward tonight. Whatever it is, public or private, I want to give you that opportunity to respond to Him.